Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. Today we continue learning about Pirkeavot, the Ethics of the Fathers, with Chapter 3, Mishnah 6, in which Rabbi Nehunia ben Hakana says, if someone takes upon himself the yoke of Torah, the yoke of government and the yoke of worldly responsibilities are removed from him. But if someone throws off the yoke of Torah, from himself, the yoke of government and the yoke of worldly responsibilities are placed upon him. So what he's trying to tell us here, Rabbi Nehunia, is that we are going to be connected to something in life. We're either going to be connected to the government, to worldly affairs, to the fashion, to what the news has to say. We're going to be, that's going to be our reality. Or if we choose to be connected to the yoke of Torah, then we're going to be living in a different reality. So here he says that this Mishnah continues the theme that was introduced in the last uh, Mishnah, in which it is intended to bring us close to Hashem. And it's teaching us how to have a relationship to God and how to live a, a, a life in which we are connected to Him. So if for that reason a person who accepts the yoke of Torah is elevated to a life closer to the realm of the Creator and is less encumbered by the yokes of government and worldly needs. So the explanation of this Mishnah starts with the fact that we can live life on several, uh, on several realities, on several planes. Like I've said it before, like you can have two kids that were brought up by the same parents, in the same house, they ate the same food, they slept in the same bedroom, went to the same school, had the same vacations. Nevertheless, each one of them is connected to a different reality because each one of them perceives life in a different way. So here he says, on one plane, life revolves around the demands of nature. Like if a person is so connected to his job, so connected to his job, the only thing he can think is about work, 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 work. And here it's talking more about, it, it, it's intended for the people before our generations that the way they made a living was by growing vegetables and fruits and this is how they, they, they were merchants. Uh, this is what it's talking about, but in today's world we would talk about work. Then we are subjugated to nature, to the laws of nature. Like if the Wall Street falls, the, the stock market falls, then you're doomed. So there is a plane of life in which we live as members of a civilized society. And on this level, life is constrained, not by nature, but by human will. So one is that you're controlled by nature, by the, the forces of nature. Then the other one is the one that you will be con controlled by society, by what the people have to say about life. So if the fashion now is to only eat green vegetables and everybody's eating green vegetables, you're, then you're going to be attached to that reality and that's going to be your life. Um, and, and that one, the, the, the one in which we are attached to human, uh, to, hum, to mankind, also is, um, is connected to the realm of government. And in an act's legislation to govern social conduct, it determines what it wants people to do and what it does not want them to do, and that they decrees last on them. So people are subjugated to the system by the king through whom his, the system is enforced. 
So we live by the laws of the of the of the country in which we live in. That one we cannot like get away from very easily because if you, for example, you kill somebody, well, there's a law, you know, there's a law. Thank God there's a law. But the third plane is religion and God sets up a system to regulate human affairs through the Torah that he gave. So this system transcends the demands of nature and it transcends the arbitrary choices of government. In this system, people are subjugated to God. So even if you live in a country and the, the law is that you can carry guns, for example, what we have here with the Seventh Amendment, and people can carry their guns, if you are by yourself, by the government, then you're carrying your gun and then one day you're in rage and you end up doing something you shouldn't do. But if you abide yourself by the yoke of, of heaven, of God, of the Torah, then you know that even if you carry a gun, it, to kill somebody is like the worst thing you could ever do. It's one of the three cardinal sins. So you would never do it because you are carrying the yoke of heaven. This is what you abide. Uh, this is what carries you. So, so one who accepts upon himself the yoke of Torah so completely that he is within God's system cannot at the same time fall entirely within the mundane system of nature and government. Uh, he gives us an example here of a, of a teaching, it's called Abraisa, for you can have no freer man than one who engages in the study of Torah, and anyone who engages in the study of Torah becomes elevated. It reminds me of Rabbi Mendel Futefar, who was in, um, who was in, in, uh, in Siberia, he was imprisoned in Siberia, and the guard used to mock him and used to say, you, you're just a prisoner. And he looked at him and says, no, I'm not a prisoner. The prisoner is you. You are the one that is bounded by this place. I'm not bounded by this place. Wherever I am in my life, I'll be learning Torah and praying. That's what I do in my house, in the, in the shul, in my job, here. Wherever I'm going to be, I'm going to be a free man because I'm always going to be doing what I do. But you, you are bounded by this place. You are the one that is a prisoner. So this Brisa tells us that one who engages in Torah study is elevated above the dom domination of the pragmatic systems determined by nature or by arbitrary will. So the yoke of government and the yoke of worldly responsibilities are removed from him. So a person that goes with Hashem, goes with his Torah, goes with his mitzvahs, it's only thinking about what Hashem wants him to do. What is Hashem's will? What is the law on this? What, what is the right thing to do in this situation? His mind is not set in nature and his mind is not set in the government. So he, he lives in a different reality. He lives in a higher dimension. So the yoke of Torah frees one from the yokes of government and livelihood because the realm of Sehel, Sehel is intelligence, intellect, transcends the world of pragmatism. And it is true that a person cannot get by without a livelihood. Obviously, we have to work to be able to eat. It's part of, of how God created the world. The amount of money you're going to get is according to Hashem, but we have to do our, our, our job and we have to work. We have to do our part to open the vessel so the blessing can come down. If not, it, it, there's nowhere to, to bring it to. Uh, however, when he, he shoulders the yoke of Torah, his own income will result with less effort and his livelihood will not be a yoke. So a man that wakes up in the morning, he goes to the synagogue, he prays, 
then he stays and he learns one hour of Torah with somebody and then goes to work is not a person that is imprisoned by his work his level of stress of the of whatever he earns is gonna not uh, rule his life because he knows that the one that feeds him is Hashem and he's doing what he has to do so if God is gonna send him a hundred or he's gonna send him then then that is exactly what he needs and he's not gonna be suffering about it so conversely if he cast off the yoke of Torah he will fall into the domain of pragmatic world and its burdens and it's true you see people that learn and, and they live by Hashkaha practice, by divine intervention. Then they get their paycheck, and suddenly an uncle sent them a gift, and suddenly someone that they had loaned money for 10 years ago sends them the money. And, and this is the way they live. It's unbelievable. And they see it. They see the hand of God taking care of them. So the relationship of Torah, livelihood, and government is symbolically embodied by certain elements of the Holy Temple. These weeks we were learning about the sacrifices and the sanctum Eichal symbolizes this world. The Eichal is, um, is the sanctum. The table, which is called the Shulhan, was, one, was, was put on the north side of the room. And the candelabrum, which is the menorah, was on the south side of the room. The innermost chamber housed the Ark, the Aron, the Kodesh HaKodashim. And uh, which house the Ten Commandments. The monarchy is symbolized by the Shulhan, which is the table, which held the showbread. The showbread were these breads that came every week. They were fresh and they were given to the, to the Kohanim. And it represents the king and is responsible for the economy represented by the bread on the table. This is Jewish Feng Shui. In your house, which is a microcosm of the temple, this is represented by your dining room, by your table. And this is where the, the Parnassa comes in, the, the abundance, the, the, your, your well-being in, materi in material pursuits, this is where it comes from. And if you look at the table in your home, it's a holy table. It's where you do Shabbat dinners, you invite people to come and eat, people who have no, nowhere to go, you bring people to your home, you share with them, and this is where the energy of abundance starts um, flowing. Then the menorah represents nature and all the natural aspect of life. It, its seven branches correspond to the seven days of creation in which nature was set in motion. So this is life. This is what you think that it's raining because the atmosphere is like this and it's snowing because this is, you think it's nature, but in reality, God is hiding in nature. He's not, he is nature. And he makes you believe that there's something apart from him, but in reality, everything comes from him. And the Torah was in the innermost chamber of the sanctum, which is the Kodesh HaKodashim, the holiest of the holiest of places, which symbolizes the upper spiritual world. And this symbolizes the, the world, the, the, the upper realms. It symbolizes spirituality, it symbolizes you connecting to God. So the yoke of government and the yoke of livelihood are opposite extremes. For government is an arbitrary human system and livelihood, which comes through agriculture and nature, is imperative. So too, the shulhan and the menorah, the table and the menorah, were on the opposite sides of the Eichal. One was on the north and the other one was on the south. The contrast between Torah and the other realms of life services in the symbolism as well, government and earning a livelihood are normal human affairs. Like 
This is the normal of life, whereas Torah is a spiritual occupation that transcends them both. It's in a different realm. So likewise, the tablets of the law were kept in the innermost chamber and they were separate from the, the, from the Shulhan and the Menorah. They were kept apart and put away. So in summary, a person who is immersed in Torah, who learns Torah, is freed from the constraints and the tri trivialities of secular life and is elevated to the highest plane that life has to offer. So it's up to you to choose in which realm you want to habitate. And, um, and uh, if you're in this world, you're living a one reality. If you're the, connected to the natural world, then you're living in a different reality. It doesn't mean that you don't have to, you don't live in the natural world. It doesn't mean you're gonna go to a mountain and live in a cave and get rid of all the material pursuits. No, what it means is that the material becomes a means to an end. It is part of your spiritual life. You make it spiritual. Like earning a living is not about buying, 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 buying. It's about giving your kids a good Jewish education. It's about giving your wife a good, comfortable life. It's about giving tzedakah, helping other people. So when your pursuits are spiritual, even the most mundane things in life become connected to Torah and you're gonna be living in a higher realm. So I wish you a good week, a good Yom Tov. You should have a beautiful kosher Pesach and happy Pesach. We'll see each other after Pesach. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.